Hello, listeners, and welcome to episode 78 of Push to Plat. It is wonderful to be here with you. Little behind the scenes, we're sort of, we're back to backing almost from the Halloween episode the other day. So we're sort of, we're on fire at the moment, I suppose. Well, look, I'll let you be the judge of that. But our guest today, he's been a highly requested guest. He's well known in the community for his writings, perhaps his stylings, if you like. He is what you would, what you would call a trophy guide architect, I believe. He's penned such wonderful things as the construction simulator free guide the barbie puppy rescues guide he tells me as well and of course the wonderful although not always endorsed on all trophy sites wwa the pursuit of money he's a good friend of this show he's a wonderful asset as i'm sure you'll agree to the trophy community and to also our own push to plat shout outs each week with his musings it is of course the wonderful i'm styling on your bro how are you today sir well yeah, I'm doing good. Aussie, I knew you'd give me a good intro there for this episode. <laughs> doing great here on Halloween, man. Hopefully this will be a good treat and no trick. Yeah. <laughs> well, look, you know, look, I don't <laughs> promise anything, you know. I set a very low bar, as you know, sir, and if we meet that, that's an achievement. Well, if it's anything lower than my riding champion, the bar should be easy to clear, man. I like that. I, well, look, why don't we start with your, your, the origins of your, your PSN name? Because I've been interested for a while. How did, it, how did it come about? It came about about 10 years ago. I was in my second year of college and just essentially a bunch of shenanigans with roommates. We'd always be pranking one another and going, oh, you're getting styled on, man. Oh, you're raging because I'm styling on you. And, you know, that's kind of the foundation of it but then we started looking up you know annoying pop culture figures you know jessica simpson or miley cyrus and it eventually goes oh we're just raging because miley cyrus is styling on you bro and you know i then got into playstation and i thought you know what i gotta get a good username here when i make one i'm keeping it that's my identity and I settled on I'm styling mm-hmm. on bro, and I think it worked out good because back then I was fairly into the Call of Duty NASCAR online community. So I figured it'd ruffle a few feathers when you're getting killed by this guy or beat by a guy called I'm styling on you, bro. So, <laughs> yeah, that's essentially it. I like that. I like, I think there is some antagonism there towards the, the general community, but I want to get to that later, but, or perhaps, perhaps I'm wrong, but why don't you, why don't you enlighten us with some of your gaming history as well? It sounds like you've been around the systems for some time. Oh yeah, about two decades now I've been gaming. It's always been part of the PlayStation family. I can't go to any of those other hideous corporations. Just can't trust them. You know you're getting quality <laughs> PlayStation, especially with all those good games they've been putting on the store as of late. But, <laughs> yeah, started off on a PS1 around 2000. I had to save up my allowance to pick it up. So, yeah, busted my ass emptying paper bins and, you know, doing the dishwasher as a kid. <laughs> saved up for like a year, year and a half, and got it. Then the next mm-hmm. hurdle was saving up to get the games because... I wasn't just given the games. And then yeah, after that, I did the PS2, got that for Christmas. My parents went out at like five in the morning, left us kids home alone. Came back, you know, had that for Christmas and whatnot, enjoyed that. And then I I took a little break there. I was getting to around high school at that time. So 
yeah, kind of throttled back on the gaming a bit and got into the PS3 around 2008. And yeah, trophies weren't really a thing then, so I was just kind of, who would have thought, playing for fun. Mm. And then, yeah, that <laughs> fast, I think I played that for about maybe two years or so, getting into the trophy hunting and whatnot. You know, around 2011, 2012-ish, I was finishing up college real busy, you know, looking for work and stuff then, and kind of just threw it on the back burner. Because I went too hardcore with a bunch of crap games back then. You know, took three years off and came back with a vengeance in 2015 when Project Cars came out. And yeah, mm-hmm. here we are today, just sticking into the grind, pushing through. Hmm, I like, I like that. Now... I want to ask you what type of trophy hunter you are, because I want to say completionist, but then I see you are a 98.56%. So you're not really a completionist, are you, sir? There's a few there that you no. you, you, haven't, you haven't touched. But look, you know, it's up there. It's, it's, more, than, it's more than me or whatever. But you, you do like, and we will get into this later, you, you do like some of these pretty tough games, but then you also, you know, you, you're big into your, your simulation games or whatever else. So what sort of a gamer are you? I mean, do you play everything or, or what? Yeah, maybe not quite to the extent as yourself, but I, I like to try to play something of every genre, bare minimum. <laughs> but I, I do like going for the completion, for sure. It, that's something I hadn't always done, though. and I wasn't interested in it in the slightest on PS3. It was all about the platinum back then. And some of the 100% only non-platinum games, you know, I wouldn't even touch them. I'd avoid them like the plague on ps4 there they were coming out with all these you know the age of the remaster you had the last of us the walking dead complete edition and all that and i started getting a little taste yeah then i kind of switched and was going for the platinum and the hundred percent and then eventually i was just like well if i'm going for the hundred percent you know why am i letting games like outlast or even better mountain rescue simulator or these are my little riding champions. There's all these good little gems just let slide by because of no plot. I wonder if that's the first time Outlast has ever been put in the same sentence as my little riding champions. Do you reckon so? Oh, probably, yeah. <laughs> Pretty scary, huh? It is. It, it, it's wonderful. I think now, look, I want to ask you about this. On your, your profile header here, under your name, you have an interesting quote here. Chance favours the prepared mind by the french bacteriologist yeah. louis pasteur uh, from 18 the 19th century i believe why this quote well yeah it was him that originally said the quote but in terms of how i'm using it it's from the i believe 1994 steven seagal film called under siege 2 where the villain in that movie uh-huh. so that that's where i took it from and to act <laughs> like that pastor guy or whatever i mean knows nothing <laughs> i like that so you've, you've you've taken the see this is this is you know i was looking for depth here but you've just taken the popular culture reference it's wonderful yeah but. yeah there's yeah no depth at all to it <laughs> he's like french bacteriologist what? <laughs> but i, I do kind of I, I leave that a little bit because there's a couple games where i've boosted online and whatnot and, you know i'll do a little bit of pre-research and it just you know it helps everything go smooth that's kind of where i implemented that quote I like to go in there with a little bit of knowledge rather than 
you know, struggling on something. Yeah, I, de- I definitely get that feeling about you. You're very well read in, in the games that you play. The, the second part here, The Sim King, I like this as well. So so this, the, and, and look, looking at your profile, what I want to know basically, and I suppose age has a lot to do with it, but as you said, you, you were a Call of Duty player and all of these things. You took a break or whatever, you came back. You definitely have a leaning towards these simulation games now. Why do you think that is? Is it just age or, or what's the attraction of these games? games for you now well i think it's just the realistic nature of those games that it puts you smack dab in the middle of almost an alternative reality that you know you're never going to get to experience i mean i can't imagine the training you'd have to go through to become some rescue pilot up on a mountain you know in the eiffel mountains of germany Mm -hmm. or something or you know surgeon simulator i didn't go to medical school nor do i plan on it i have a ton of medical you know, a ton of college debt from that. So it just lets you get a taste of some of these different <laughs> lifestyles you might not get otherwise. Yeah. Now, these games are notorious, though, for having some jank. Now, I know you've put some videos up. In, are they? Your, <laughs> on their <laughs> YouTube. Do you, do you enjoy the jank like me? Like, obviously, you don't want it 100% of the time, but do you like it when it's there? Yeah, there's definitely something appealing to the jank. It's... I don't know what it is. I, I like the cringe factor of it. it there's just something, mm. it does something deep within me that is enjoyable. I mean, some of these games, you see like these weird physics-based things happening. And I mean, you know, like the uh, professional construction, the simulation I sent you where the truck does a little, you know, trucknado spawn in another film franchise. Mm. If we put some writers on it, you know, it's, it's just, I don't know, it's hilarious. Something I don't mind. Other people, though, I mean, that's, I'm not necessarily a game snob, though, but I mean, other people kind of stick their nose up at that type of stuff since it's not a triple A game. Yeah, well, it's funny you say that, though, because, like, I see these games on the store, like these, you know, professional constructor games and, you know, firefighter simulator and, you know, aircraft simulator and make me a sandwich simulator. There's there's a ton of these games or whatever else. And, you know, they're, they're not they're not like $5 games either, you know. They're, they're maybe not triple A price, but then, you know, they're, they're in the middle or something. So they're, they're solid, you know, products or whatever games. And I know they have a, a strong life on the PC and stuff, and I, I sometimes wonder if it's a bit easier maybe to play some of these games with a, a keyboard and mouse or some sort of setup like this but these games and i'm thinking now more of the farming simulator games while they're maybe not massive in trophy hunting communities these games are massive in general gamers though in sales for, for just the general you know p- playing community yeah to hit on the price first i mean some of these are honestly they're ridiculously overpriced i mean some of them have you know, graphics aren't everything, but I mean, they're quite frankly, like in between PS2 and PS3 quality, and they're charging $40 for a brand new game. That's just ripping you off, really. But, you know, I pick most of them up for a tenner or below, just because I think that's a more fair price. But yeah, in terms of the general community, I mean, there's mm. YouTube channels and stuff, and on Steam, there's people that literally dedicate their lives to farming simulator and whatnot. They'll make all these mods of different combines and tractors and barns and all that. And they're they're just hardcore into it. It's crazy. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. <laughs> I've personally never played a farming simulator that I couldn't just cheat my way through with mods. You know, put this little sign on your property and you get a thousand dollars every second. 
Yes. Yeah. Well, there's always the, the trophy hunter angle, isn't there, to these games? But I think... Oh, of course. <laughs> you also sent me a, a YouTube video of this dude who's obviously doing fantastically well or whatever, and he was the... Uh, uh, now, I don't know the, the full name. Is it Train Sim or whatever that Train Simulator game is uh, in the new one? It's got tons of DLC. You, know, you spend forever in the, the DLC. Yeah, the devs at uh, Dovetail. Yeah, they have that Train Simulator channel, and they will typically live yes. stream and they got their roadmap for the new train sim world too and everything. So yeah, they'll we'll take community feedback on there and whatnot and just kinda update the audience as to what's going on behind the scenes. It, it's it's an interesting thing because I have a, a friend and like, you know, we didn't I didn't know this. I knew he PC games a bit, but I didn't realise that he was a massive flight sim fan and you know we're around at his house uh, a few months ago now or whatever and he's like cj cj come down you know we finally finished this room and it's going to be my room the kids can't come in here or whatever else and he so he had his gaming stuff in there but he had a chair he had like the the aircraft controls the throttle he had a, a light board on the table and i was like holy shit like you know this it was it was really intense and there, I mean, I know some of these simulators are not quite, you know, as full on as that. But when you get to that level, it really full on, like it, I suppose, really realistic. Yeah, I mean, there's people that probably spend thousands. I mean, for those flight sims, or you know, in particular racing games, you know, like Assetto Corsa or R Factor stuff like that on the PC. You know, they'll get their racing chair. You know, their sequential gear shifter, their paddle shifters steering wheels you know triple screens i mean you can really get into it sink a ton of money into it and there's stuff that emulates uh the feedback of you on the road and it'll literally shake the chair around that you're sitting in. it's crazy what's out there it, it really is now i want to like i don't want to go down that path but i do want to go down the path of racing because you're a big formula one fan i know you watch the nascar you've dropped a set of corso just in passing because as you know audience it's one of the easiest racing games i'm sure you'll attest there i'm startling on your bro a highly realistic simulator that i've been told is almost impossible without a steering wheel i don't know if you use one or i don't know if you think that's true because i know you do have the plat for this game coming in at a point Sorry, what's that? The number is so small there, point two three percent or something. Which look, I don't even know what that is. There's a mistake clearly. But uh, <laughs> you know, let's talk about this game because I don't know too many people that have flattered it. I mean, not too many people have. So let let's jump into this one. It, it is probably the hardest that I've done for sure. But probably three quarters of it is a mindless cakewalk. That if you people just gave themselves a little bit to get used to the controls you can just kind of exploit your way through. And I, I don't... Should I give out some of the good secrets on that game? Look, please do. You know, the other six people that so, have platted it will probably be grinding their teeth, you know, for their 0.23%, but I think it's safe. Well, there, there's a... For drifting, you can go and turn on the stability control for the cars, and then you can... Even though the steering, I mean, it, it's about as sensitive as the average PSN profile's forum user. So it's... It's really easy to upset the cars, typically. Very sensitive indeed. But, you know, on some of these, like, FPS games or whatnot, the dead zone to where you don't even move on the screen when you move the controller, that'll kind of send you into a power slide on a set of courses and just kind of spin your car out. I mean, incredibly, you know, almost surgeon-like movement when moving the analog stick on that car. But you can... You can slap the stability control on for the drifting, 
and just flip the stick back and forth like a maniac and you know you can rack up your massive drift combo and get all the relevant trophies to that get your gold medals just easy as can be and then mm-hmm. you know for the special events where you have to complete the races on alien mode i saw people trying to you could park like on the racing line on a tight corner and apparently the ai would stop and get backlogged behind you and after you know 15 or 20 seconds the cars would just automatically delete off the track or whatever but i couldn't i just couldn't really get that to work consistently so there was another exploit that i found out about that right as the lights go out and your race gets underway you can hit the options button hit return to pit immediately hit the accelerator to leave the pit box and your pit box was always at the end of the pit lane so you'd immediately be able to go past the uh pit speed cap and what was beneficial about that is the starting line for the race the pole position guy is kind of at the very beginning of the pit lane so you basically teleport way ahead of the pack immediately but you know they've already got their speed going but you're you're far enough ahead that you can get out of the pit lane on you know maybe 95 percent of those events and just swerve in front of them and if you're able to keep the car on the track on the driving line which i don't think you have to be totally insane to do but i was you know i was able to do it and you know that would keep you the lead of the races and another thing there there was no corner cutting penalties or anything so i I know you watch f1 i mean are you you're familiar with Mm. monza i would imagine right Mm -hmm. you can just cut those chicanes monza effectively has two or three corners the whole lap you can full speed you know 200 250 kilometers an hour cut through them get a massive lead with no repercussions and you can cruise on to an easy victory so that's interesting yeah that's, that's how you could beat those races easily and then there's also like a time attack where it wants you to you know do consistent lap times and if you don't do these perfect laps within know a tenth of a second or so of one another the game's just you're gonna fail you'll eventually run out of time but the key to that is actually going as slow as possible between the checkpoints and you can probably get gold medals on those before you're going even maybe like 75 percent flat out so those are a couple little cheese methods on that game it's interesting did you do the game on a pad or did you use a racing wheel yeah i did it on a pad i almost bought a thrustmaster and i'm so glad i didn't yeah okay that's impressive because you know yeah. even though you're, you're you're selling some some maybe you know alternate methods here to to do it it's still a very difficult game whatever you say uh, especially on a pad so I'm, I'm impressed those are some easy ways to get you know the hot lap time attack and their racing special events done or the time attack race and drift special events but the hot laps i mean there's no real way to cheese through them i mean Sometimes you'll get penalized on there and have your lap invalidated when you still have wheels on the track. I mean, that's the real hard part of the game, and that'll take you yeah. quite some time, and it's incredibly frustrating and exhausting. 
It's interesting. Now, to, to change directions completely here, and I promise, listeners, we won't, yeah. we won't spend the whole episode on simulation, but I have to ask you about this game because I played about five minutes of it. Uh, it was wonderful. And uh, oh, I'm, I'm interested. The normal. Yes, that's right. And I'm interested to see the sixth minute at some point. And, it, of course, it's an unusual simulator. <laughs> it's not a simulator you would have thought we needed or wanted, but, you know, we did need and I definitely wanted, obviously. And it is the B simulator. How did you, did you find uh, this? Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's good we're getting off a set of course. I'd hate to swerve off the road to Mount Boring on that game. But yeah, Beast Simulator. I mean, I I was buzzing when I heard that game. It got delayed for about a year or whatnot. But yeah, that I wouldn't really call that a simulator, to be honest. No. It's more of like a child's game where you're just a bee and you've got to save the hive. But I mean, it, it's interesting. There's bee vision on there. Have you ever used that in your five minutes of playing? No, no, that, that would, that, oh, that's the next uh, segment. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's essentially first-person bee mode. It's really immersive. Wow. I mean, it, it, it's exactly what a bee would see. So, I mean, if you're curious, I'd definitely say go for that sixth minute. And you'll be able to experience that. Yeah, well, I'm always interested in games that, you know, mechanics or, or games that I've never played before in, in you know, there's something new. And I've definitely never played a bee simulator before. So that game did interest me. So it's good to see. I know a few people have played at that that I know. So I will, I will come back to that. Now, why don't we shuffle across a little bit? I want to ask you about your guide writing. And I know it's tied up in your, your love of writing, uh, your rapping mm-hmm. as well and stuff. But I suppose before we get to the guide writing, are you, like, do you enjoy writing as a base? You know, I really don't write too often. Uh, the thing mm. that kind of sparked it is something I enjoyed, though. I, d- I actually had to take remedial courses for it in college. Uh, my senior year of high school, I was at a uh, technical school for architecture. So there was no English class or anything. So I had a year off of that. And then you go into college. And I mean, you know, high school English courses are nothing compared to a college one. And I had a good teacher there. So, yeah, I definitely enjoyed that. And it got me into it. And that's kind of where I got this more peculiar out of the realm of normalcy writing style. I mean, for that class, we had to write about our favorite TV shows and stuff. And everyone's doing their pop culture TV shows or reality shows or whatnot. And I wrote my four-page paper on an infomercial about a rotisserie chicken that I saw on TV at three in the morning. (laughs) That's not surprising. The the reason I ask is, you know, you obviously like I'm I'm looking here at the construction simulator three guide. Now this is up on various guide sites. I imagine it's on uh, PlayStation trophies and PSN profiles as well. Uh, there and it, this is a this is a substantial guide. So there's a lot of a lot of writing here, and there's a, a lot of there's a lot of clever lines in here. So first off, I want to ask, how long did it take to write this? Now I know you have to play the game and all that. That's a, a separate thing, but to actually write something like this. Yeah, that probably took longer to write than actually plot the game, and the game took about 30 hours, but I had a lot of proofreading yes. and whatnot I had to go back and do, but yeah, most of that was just, I sat down, I wrote it, you know, if I'd ever come to a block where I couldn't think of anything, I'd just close the guide and not even think about it and come back to it later, so yeah, probably about 30 hours to do that. 
Yeah, that that doesn't surprise me. Well, what comes through in a guide like that is how much you you must have, and like I know you might shoot me down here, but how much you must have enjoyed the game or at least respect the the genre of the game to invest that much time in in writing a piece yourself. Do you want to attack that? Well, I probably, some of the references in that guide, I mean, there's all sorts of film, TV, music. Mm-hmm. You know, there's people that'll probably see some of the references in there and actually have to Google to understand them, which I think is a good thing. You know, knowledge is power. You can never learn enough. But yeah, I probably did more research mm-hmm. for writing the guides than I did for the game itself. I mean, I kind of just bought the game. I had done Construction Simulator 2, and the third one was essentially the same thing, different maps, so I knew the best plan of attack to go and hammer that out. And, you know, I got the quickest yeah. achiever on that, and I was actually the first in the world to do that. Is it when I got the platinum on PSN, for about 20 seconds, you could see it was still 0.0 until it ticked <laughs> over to 0.1. So that was pretty cool. You know, there's some bastard somewhere else in the world with his construction hat on. You know, <laughs> he's so close to the planet. He's got he's got his little mechanical bulldozer beside him, his toy bulldozer. He's like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to, ah, you bastard. <laughs> it was a pretty tight battle between, I think this guy called Animator 22. He, Animator 22 mm. beat me to the plat on Construction Simulator 2. That, that one had a glitch on it to where it wouldn't count these concrete jobs. So... I kind of fucked yeah. the game off for a month or two when he beat me there, so that kind of pissed me off, and I had to get vengeance on this one. So, yeah, him and I were in a heated battle for that. <laughs> I could, I could totally see this. You sort of, you know, he's coming second. He punches his time card, tips his, you know, hat to you, and goes, "I'll see you at number four. <laughs> I like it. It's, it's, oh, I'm waiting for number four. You better believe that. Yes. Yeah. Look, could I ask, this is a little, we'll come back to the guides, but I, you know, I briefly played only two minutes of Construction Simulator 3, as you know, but um, are these reskins or are they actually substantially, you know, evolved games, each of these numbered ones, two, three, et cetera? Number two to three, it was, it was a completely different map. And I'd arguably say it was maybe a downgrade. There's like these special jobs that are kind of your main campaign missions. And there just, you know, there wasn't as many of them in the third game as what the second one had. And But there were a few new vehicles in the third game. You know, you had to pour foundations for these bridge pillars. and Well, that was actually probably about it. And that was a nightmare to use. Couldn't figure out the controls for it, and there were no videos online. So that had pretty irritated for a bit. But, it, yeah, yeah two, two to three, probably a downgrade, honestly. I think two's my favorite of those games but we'll see hopefully maybe they'll bring back a better game for four we'll see okay interesting interesting because i know sometimes these these games like and i'm sure you've played them too where they're literally just the same game again with another name and i'm thinking i think this one actually interests you this new fashion boutique uh is it a simulator i'm not sure what it is oh, and of course yeah. the week before they released a game uh which was the the school teacher one and that's the same company it's a french company and oh, look yeah. you know obviously they're different things but the game if it plays and i from the footage i've seen if the fashion one plays like the school one i think it does they're basically almost a reskinning and a slight changing so i think styling we have have a lot to look forward to with this company because they're obviously going to touch on many different games at, a, at an exorbitant price as well for these games. So if you are looking at them, I'd, I'd highly urge you to wait, listeners, because there are... We've just got that uh, My Universe Fashion Boutique on the NA store, but we've not got the school teacher yet, so I'm pretty bummed about that. But 
yeah, I kind of had to pick my jaw up off my kneecap there when I saw the price of thirty dollars. <laughs> yes, I'll, I'll yeah. definitely be waiting for them to go on sale. But I mean, if they're gonna release more, I'll have to do all those right in a row and do a good little my universe block on the profile. I think yeah. that'll look pretty banging. <laughs> It would, and look, look. If it does play, I played a little of the school one uh, on the Xbox, and it uh, it is basically full of mini games. It's not as much of a, a simulator as you would think. But it, within saying that, there's actually a lot of depth because I've played two years now, and I think I've played at least forty different styles of mini game. Each day is made up of three to four mini games on subjects. So, and there still seem to be more. And I noticed that no one has hundred percented it because of the requirements to gold all the mini games. So there could be there could be a stack of them. I'm not sure. Well, but you know, we, we'll we'll see. We'll see. It's not even necessarily the simulator aspect of those games that appeal to me. It's just the uber cringe of it. I mean, you can't really get anything more shameful than that. You know, fashion <laughs> boutique and school teacher. So I, that's why I really want it on my profile. That's it. <laughs> it's. it's- <laughs> that's that's right. That's right. Well, when I loaded up, my partner said, "Why do you want to do that? Didn't you spend the day doing that already?" And I'm like, "Oh, jeez." You know, the the recorder <laughs> mini game came up, and I was like, "Oh my god, here we go again." <laughs> but no, look, look, it's it's uh, it, it's something to behold. It's definitely worth a look, uh, if not if not a laugh or whatever. But uh, let let's move back to the guides. Now, you took a little swipe before at one of the sites, which you know is allowed, of course, here, sir. But uh, sure. what I want to ask is, you you would know that most most trophy hunters. They like their trophies, obviously. They like their trophies with, I don't want to say minimal effort, but they like to know what they're doing. When they come to a guide, they like to have faith in the guide. They like to know that it will work for them. Uh, what else? They want the tips. But they also, they have an aversion to reading a lot of things. You know, they, they want a brief, quick experience, you know, with their guides or whatever. I've, I've, heard, mm-hmm. I've heard a term recently in the last few weeks, which I'd never heard before. It's called non-gaming. Trophy hunting is now non-gaming, apparently. Where, where, you know, so it's, it's the evolution we've reached. And as a non-gamer, anonymous, I'd like to, you know, admit, yes, okay, I'm non-gaming now, obviously. But they, they don't want to put the effort into read maybe a, a four-page to five-page guide. Is it, how, do you, how do you feel as a writer that, you know, you like to write? You've written long guides here. Uh, you know a good majority of people, I'm not having a go at you, but a good majority of people yeah. would look at that guide and go, fuck no. What's your... What's your take on that? Uh, basically, fuck them. Don't read the guide, then. <laughs> it's not for them. That's pretty, yeah. Yeah, but you, you know what I mean, though, don't you? They, they want the quickest route yeah. to the, the, the answer. Uh, uh, whereas I think your work is it's more of an experience. Yeah, it's definitely more of an experience. And, you know, people tend to typically remember the first or final thing they read, so I kind of go the opposite of that and then some of my walls of text like in that construction simulator guide you're not actually going to see what you need to see until you get to the middle portion so you're going to have to read the stuff and you'll likely remember the stuff you don't want to remember and then forget the stuff you need for the guide so it's a fun little experiment there yeah I i can see what it's probably hypocritical but i'm the same way when i go to a guide but you know usually it's not an experience i kind of want to go there get the information because one of my mottos i kind of write guides for games that don't need guides so you shouldn't <laughs> you should really be coming for the experience There's a whole video community <laughs> available for that <laughs> but it's i was playing a game recently and you know the guy got to the point quick in the guide but all the information was just wrong and there wasn't really detailed enough information in there to adequately explain the trophies and 
that kind of frustrated me a bit. And that, yeah. that was actually on that Monster Energy Supercross. I know you saw some of my rage there in the Discord when I mm. first hopped on that. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah that's right and look you know i'm not making light of it because you know as we just heard before with the set of cause you, you do have some wonderful tips and insights or whatever else now i want to shift to the white boys with attitude the pursuit of money so that game the game dropped obviously two stacks of that game it was a hundred percent game or yeah. whatever else it went down mixed mixed views i suppose in the, the trophy hunting community but overall positive it was a it was a fun experience it was the first time i'd come across them you were you were fans of theirs before this game or is this the first time that you came across them as well it was i think also too i think it definitely went over well i believe it was the number one rated mm. ps4 game on metacritic this year that's, that's right point. yes i don't know if it still is or yeah. not but yeah i never heard of them before I, I saw that trophy uh list come up on psn profiles and i thought i gotta take a gander at this and then when i saw the game was free i thought how how can they develop such quality and just give it out there i mean it's really awesome what they did, and they have a quality game too. So yeah, and of course, then then you're instrumental in reaching out to them, and and we got them on the show here, Doc White and Crushed Ice, which is an interesting conversation. <laughs> and then that ultimately <laughs> culminating in that he is a real developer as well that had made the Path of Motors, which was <laughs> was even more fascinating. I never knew that. <laughs> Yeah, that was pretty awesome. It, it, yeah, I had no idea. It was, but then at the time, you were also writing a trophy guide for the game. Now, I believe it's also on their website as well. It's an endorsed, well, it is the only official endorsed guide, I suppose, by the WWA. Yes. Uh, yeah, that guide, I tried to publish it a couple other sites, but it didn't really go over too well for some reason. It, it, they said it didn't follow their guidelines or yeah. didn't follow the proper formatting. Yes, but like all things, there's a workaround. You just put it in the forum, and then yep. and they were away. Exactly, so, you know, it works equally. <laughs> it works equally as well. Now, I want to dig into this because in your writing, I think you. Well, I want to come out and just say it. Do you dislike trophy hunters? No, I just like to have a go at them for the lols and kind of get a reaction. <laughs> good answer yeah. it's a good answer because within your writing it, it's definitely there now the 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 preface or the intro oh, to, sure. to this guide you, you put here just two white ogs out trying to make a living for free you can get this promotional game they be given if you have trouble with the trophies you've made the right decision i'm gonna help you 100 percent dreams come to fruition now one of the things that I have a problem with in the community is that these games come, they are totally free. You can play them or you can not play them. Now, this game, yeah. it, then about a month later, it put DLC on the store for a dollar or some trivial amount, very trivial, with some trophies. Now, I know that there's been issues where it's been pulled. I think maybe it's pulled for good now. I'm not sure on the, the Unfortunately, PS4. yeah. Yeah. Now, I understand issues with that if you're a completionist. But one of the things that I find is very hard to reconcile you know, trying to be within the trophy community is the outrage and hate that comes from people. I'm not going to pay a buck for your DLC, for your trophies. You know, you trapped me, you did this. And I heard this from a lot of people and I heard this from some guide writers too. And I'm not going to name anyone, but I was, I could not believe it for a dollar or two dollars. And this, this almost sense of entitlement, I suppose, that some people have. What did you make of that? Because I know it was quite a, quite a thing at the time. To quote a friend of mine from the UK, they chose to play it. You know, nobody's being held at gunpoint to play the game, but it, as it pertains to the DLC, mm. 
I mean, it's a dollar. I mean, it's not really that much. I mean, they're not bending you over and raping you like Ubisoft or, well, really Gearbox with their $50 Borderlands 3 season pass. I mean, you get the same amount of content on that for $50 mm. as what they charge 30 for in Borderlands 2, so... But those people will probably go out and, you know, buy that season pass day one and be like, oh, oh this is awesome. I love it. It's it's something that I just can't understand, I suppose. But look, look, we'll, we'll leave it there. It, it is it is what it is. Now, I want to ask you... It's a controversial topic, it, for it, sure. It's, people yes. will get upset over yeah, that. Yeah, I, I, they did. They did indeed, which, you know, you maybe need to check your priorities if, if you so did, I suppose. But look, you know, that that, that is your decision. Now, I want to ask you, is there a line, do you think, in this sort of writing and this guide writing? And I'm just going to preface this by saying the, the, the section you put here on the Mount Vernon, if you decide to blaze, I'll try to clear up the haze. So you can get through the maze, Allah give you to uh, guide you to the land of milk and honey. So uh, there's a lot of depth in some of this stuff, sir. Now, I think, uh, again, I want to be very careful here because I don't want to pigeonhole trophy hunters, but I think a lot of your writing goes over their heads. Uh, but, you know, you're writing for yourself. You're writing for the people that take time to read. Is there a line, do you think, when you write? Or are you happy like me just to keep pushing over the line? Well, my sense of humor is definitely not for everybody. So I kind of just write what I want to write. I mean, th those wraps, I mean, believe it or not, each trophy description probably took five minutes to write. It just, I kind of sat down and thought, what kind of crazy shit can I come up with here? And just, you know, got pounding away at the keyboard. And that's kind of the resulting factor of it. But it's, yeah, I, I don't know. I like it. There's a lot of like cheesy comedy in there, but there's also, you know, the, there's some political stuff in there that I just couldn't resist putting. But yeah, I like some of the stuff that, you know, would go over the typical person's head. They, you know, might not catch it on a quick read through. Mm. Now, if there, I, I want to touch on those political comments, and I'm very conscious that the the election is upon us, so we won't we won't <laughs> delve into that side of things. Other than to say, I imagine this was one of the reasons yeah. why it was not published uh, on many sites, and it's here. And I was initially going to leave this comment out for the reason that I didn't want to seem one sided, but then you followed it up on the other side straight away. So I figure it's it's fair game, and of course, it's it's a wonderful line. Sure. Uh, if you're ashamed, this trophy could be worth <laughs> hiding before it's too late, like the dementia with Biden. Now, it's followed up about two paragraphs later with one final shootout, don't shoot blanks, like Donald Trump when he gave thanks to Putin before his rise to power as he drowned in a golden shower. It's just wonderful language use, sir. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I can't be too harsh on one side of the political spectrum. I mean, it, I don't know how familiar you are with politics, but I also gave a shout out to Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez there earlier on in the guide and yes. one of the descriptions. But yeah, I knew it's all a fair game. I mean, not to take shots at any politician just for the lulls, but yeah, I'm sure some of those sites saw that stuff there and kind of were like, yeah. And we're not putting this up. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was interesting. And there's there's one more that I want to touch on. And this one, this one interests me. You've already said you like to poke fun at, at trophy hunters or whatever else. But one of the things yeah. I hear often in the guide community is what a thankless job it is, you know, whether it be video guides or written guides or whatever. And, and a lot of content creation. I know it's not just guide writers. A lot of, 
a lot of content creation feel that and you know they maybe they don't have any direct you know thanks from the community or, or whatever whatever the reason be yeah and i thought it was an interesting comment you made here i'm not sure whether you intended this to be taken this way or not but it was the comment for the, the getting glazed trophy which is wonderful <laughs> uh, but it's it's uh, all the joking aside like earlier in the guide if we stand here in, in the visible float ideas like a dirigible changing the history of law pouncing like lines to maul we won't think about conceding since we'll be defeating the enemy in this fight is pivotal reaching a mass that is critical Knocking out those digital stamps stood together, hands held tightly and clamped. It's a wonderful, you know, slight at the community, uh, <laughs> hidden in some lovely flowery language there that I reckon 99% of people will uh, just skim over and not realise. But uh, it's very clever, sir. I tip my hat to you there. It's kind of to sort of bring the community together, believe it or not, and the t- with the hands held tightly and clamped, I mean, it was kind of a shout out at the time. You know, it was fresh off that atrocity that was committed to George Floyd. Mm. So I was kind of, you know, th- there's a lot of current events, you know, within that guide that I referenced that, mm. you know, you might look at a couple years later, be like, oh, yeah, I remember that miserable year 2020. But it was kind of, there, there's a lot of bickering within the community and that, but that was kind of just the, we should try to stand united in this hunt for the trophies and whatnot. But I mean, there wasn't, it was basically just trying to rhyme whatever, nothing too deep to it, though you could make a deeper thought argument for it, but it wasn't intended to be too serious. It's a wonderful backpedal, so I enjoy that. Uh, so <laughs> let's uh, let's uh, let's move on. Now we're gonna we're gonna touch a few other things, but before we do, why don't we why don't we throw a little gaming talk in and have a look at what you've been what you've been playing lately and what you'd like to share? I'm sure you're eager to tell us about the Monster Energy Supercross experience. Oh. Yeah, I mean Monster Energy Supercross, the official video game. I mean loading screen. Because it seems like that's all you sat through was loading screens on that thing. And, you know, hidden within the game, there actually was a little bit of racing to be had. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. It was almost like the racing was an Easter egg on that game. (laughs) weren't meant to actually be doing it. It's such a funny game, and I want to ask you about this too, because I know a few people that they they like to, you know, play racing games or whatever. They play all different sorts of the racing games or whatever else. They've played some of the MXGP series, and they started this game up because it was a PS Plus game either earlier this year or last year or something uh, or whatever else. And they, you know, they, they're not, they're basically not racing noobs, I suppose. And they played like it for an hour, and they're like, this game is just dreadful. I don't get it. I can't win. I don't know what's going on. And all this sort of, you know, like, it just feels the controls are just you know fucked or whatever and uh, admitted oh they are yeah it, it definitely it's i think i've forgotten it because it's been a while ago and but looking at the percentages people drop off it straight away th- there's definitely i don't know like i always used to think it's just the, the nature of the way that the bike hits the track or whatever but there is a higher level of jank isn't there in this yeah it's like the the bikes just don't seem to want to turn then all of a sudden you know you're doing a 180 and almost going the opposite way and you know smacking into those little side barriers and that but you you reference those people that complain oh i can't win so yeah basically me when i hopped on the game got into the discord what the the fuck is up with this game it's bullshit but Mm. i I don't know you do get used to the physics and i mean they're 
they're not that bad. I mean, well, they're terrible, but I mean, they are a bit endearing. And it it is pretty fun in the end. You know, you don't really do a whole lot of racing on it, though, because it's just quicker to quit the event and be automatically given first place or second yes. place. So. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a funny series, too, because there's a, you know, there's a second and uh, I want to say a third, but maybe there's just a yeah, second a or third. whatever. There is a third too. Yeah, I thought I'd, yeah. I thought I'd subjected myself to five minutes of that, and uh, it's um it, it's more of the same. The loading screens are still bad, but they added they actually harder games because they added the compound. Uh, they actually added a lot of challenges within that, so you have to do different things. It's not not just like this one a, a straightforward list, but it's funny because as you were playing this, I've been playing some MXGP three on the on the Xbox. Uh, so a few years old, this game now, or whatever else. And I had the same problem that I couldn't win the first two races. And I was like, oh, shit, this bit of a, you know, it must have got a bit bad in the last year or two or something. I you know, <laughs> didn't even set a chance. And it, it, there's something you're right about the game that I don't know that you improve, but somehow you do improve because by the third and fourth race, you're like, oh, yeah, I get it. And then by two hours in, you can't lose. And, and nothing has noticeably changed. You haven't leveled up. You haven't changed anything, you know, within the game. And it's, I don't know. I don't know, mystifies me why the game is like this or how it achieves this. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely agree. It's, you know, you play the game and typically, you know, even games that offer that replay, you know, to correct your cock-ups you make, you know, it's, mm. I never use them, but on this game, I probably had to use three or four of those a race, you know, maybe for the first hour of playing. But you, you do end up demolishing them. I mean, there there was a race four laps long around one of these tracks and i literally lapped half the field like it's four laps how the hell am i catching up to these guys i'm not even you know in a good rhythm you know landing on all those little jumps the proper way you should be just annihilating them but it's it is strange. It definitely is. Now, this next one I want to ask you about here, and look, I'm sorry I'm railroading it a bit, so jump in whenever you like here. Oh, that's, that's fine. This is a game that has plagued everybody in the Discord. You made a funny reference to it in your uh, your comment last week, but uh, the shout-outs, but of course it has plagued everyone. Uh, this is the mm-hmm. Idle Champions of the Forgotten Realms. This is the sort of game that I get the feeling you did really enjoy, though. You know, and we make jokes. Look, I enjoy, I'm enjoying it as well. But, but you know, did you enjoy it? And, and then you made a funny comment I want to ask you about too where you said you know if I don't move on now you know I'll never leave this game I'll keep playing it so (laughs) so was that true or was that just a a little bit of a dig and a laugh yeah oh it was definitely true I mean Daryl said at the end of that last episode as it pertained to my comments on the platinum you know CJ is that all sarcasm Mm. or is this game actually good and I mean I, I fucking loved the game I thought it was great. I mean, there there wasn't much to it, but it was just addicting, you know, watching your numbers go up and getting pushed into deeper floors and wave-based, you know, quote, gameplay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I got hooked on those achievements in there. There were about 400 of them, and I was just trying to knock them out. And, you know, every, like, what, two or three weeks is it, there's a new event. And there's all these new missions you got to do and knock out. You got to get the new characters. You got to get the gear on them. Then you got to use their abilities and whatnot. And I just got totally hooked on it. It, it was really similar to, I, I believe I linked it to you shortly after I got on Idle Champions, this browser-based game called Cookie Clicker. <laughs> and <laughs> Idle Champions just reminded me of that. You know, you really don't do much, but it's a, you know, it's, 
like trophy hunting. You're just addicted to getting all those achievements in the game. I did have a moment of realization. It was I got the 72 variant trophy, which I had no idea I was close to. That seems like something you'd get towards the end of it. But I got that trophy, mm. and all I had left were the free plays. And I just sat down and thought, it's like, I've got to do mm-hmm. two hundred, somewhere between 150 and 200 free plays. But do I really want to sit on this game for like another month and just yeah. waste time? I, and I thought, no, I need to get carving through this backlog like a jack-o'-lantern here. Yeah, I kind of bulldozed through that game in like three days doing those uh, free plays, but it was hard to put it down. I, I actually didn't want to put the game down, but I had to for my health and sanity. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very it's very much like that. It's funny you say like the numbers going up. That's, that's definitely an attraction, but I wonder for me, and I, I have a feeling this is for everybody too, part of the attraction in this game is that it's not, and again, I tread carefully here because it, in a way it is, it has been solved, but in a way it's, it's a not solved game. And by, by that, I mean that you can, you experiment with combinations. Now I know you can go on the internet, you can look a lot of stuff up, but you can also experiment and you sort of like for, for what is overall a simplistic game, the changing the combinations can have a huge effect. The variance, as you say, have a huge effect as well. So so even though you're you're predominantly doing the same thing, you're, you're always like learning when you wish to engage with it and, and move things around. And for me, that was the most addictive part was like, well, what if I move this guy here? Or what if I take this guy out of the rotation? How is that going to affect the overall, you know, the DPS or the overall flow, which I, I find very addictive. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. I mean, when I first got on the game, I just looked everything up online. And then, I mean, you and I sent, you know, 150, 200 messages back and forth. Yes. I probably... I was probably annoying the shit out of you. Hey, CJ, you you see what you can do here? (laughs) Try this, do that. But I mean, yeah, I got into the game and, you know, I started experimenting with the formations and it is crazy. You know, you can be walking through the game and switch one thing around and then suddenly you get your ass kicked and pushed back a couple floors and that's the clear indicator that you done messed up on it. You got to go back to your prior formation. But there's, yeah, I mean, there's like what? 60 people that all do different things, 60 champions. And I mean, it's, mm. there's just tons of different builds out there. I mean, yeah, it's crazy. And then all the different formations, you know, they're different shapes. So it's going to change the way the abilities get placed on different characters for their outgoing incoming abilities. And yeah, it's pretty strategical if you want to get up into the higher numbers. Got to really you know, bring a good formation or you're not going to go far. No, it's it's very true. And it's, it's funny, even though it's a, a single player game, I think, you know, you referenced, we sent messages, but I think it's a wonderful game to be maybe playing in a group or, or with someone loosely, you know, playing at the same time, just to share information like that back and forward. Because I know uh, we were both playing. And I know Teresa was also, she finished it within the last week or so. And I know towards the end, but you're about yeah. to neck herself. So, you know, it was good the end game there as well. <laughs> but, you know, I think there were a few curses at me for recommending the game, uh, perhaps. But, uh, but it is, it is nice to be, it's, it is the sort of game that is nice nice to be sharing some information as you go i think as well even even if it took us you know longer than some people perhaps uh silent uh t- to do yeah, that <laughs> yeah i'm looking here it took two months and six days so i mean that that's a huge investment you know and there's that game's pretty much running all that time but yeah it's good to bounce ideas off it i think rick finished the game you know from the discord and he was giving me a couple good tips early on 
There was yeah. a point that I hit the R1 button and didn't realize that changed it from, you know, buy one upgrade by 10, 25, 50. And I'm sitting here thinking, how the fuck am I going to progress on? The game's wanting me to buy 50 upgrades all of a sudden. I can't afford this. <laughs> Your thumb thanks you as well for finding yeah. it. I, li- I like it. Now, the next one I want to ask you about, this is an interesting game for me because I don't think overall you enjoyed the game. It's a game that I've had a lot of trouble getting into. I've started mm-hmm. at least eight times. I've put in, you know, probably oh, I... enough hours to finish the thing if oh, I just stuck to it. You're really going to bring up this horrible I am going to bring this up. <laughs> because, only because I, I recently played Mafia, uh, you know, the definitive or whatever. I yeah. played Mafia 2. I, I really, I had no idea the games were so narrative heavy after playing the third one, which I found was a sprawling mess for myself. That was my problem with it. There's just too much going on and, and nothing going on at the same time as well. But, you know, what you've actually finished the game. So is it worth the time? Is it, what do you reckon? If you're going for the platinum, hell no, because the game's got a nasty bug in it currently to where you need to finish the game and you either need to you know flip every mob boss onto your side or kill every one of them and it's the same thing with like their rocket informants Hmm. but the the caveat right now on i think currently it's patch 1.12 if you turn the game off or the game crashes the counter for the trophy resets when you turn the game back on so once you start the game you have to finish the entire thing without turning the game off so i mean if if you have a random thunderstorm blow in or something while you're doing it and the power goes out, well, you're fucked. Mm. And it's, it, I was enjoying the game though. I mean, and then I found that glitch out and it's, I was probably a third of the way through it. I, you know, there's nine districts you have to do. I had three and a half finished and I was really tempted to push on and just finish the game because I was having fun with it. But, you know, then the ruthless trophy hunter within me was like, <laughs> got to start this over and go balls to the wall so yeah it ended up being miserable but i, I agree 100 percent with you the game's just sprawling and really nothing going on it gives you know if there's a lot of good story up front i mean wouldn't you think for the first two three hours of course yeah the, the opening as well i mean the opening section where it's in uh I, now i could be wrong here you'll have to correct me but in the mardi gras perhaps in new orleans was it uh what yeah, it set there that's wonderful that whole section and the, the the speedboat at the start as well yeah i i played it many times <laughs> it's one of the only other thing i wanted to ask about this coming at it now obviously it's a good time to come at it i assume this is how you did it of course one of the the funniest things about this game was if you played it at launch of course the dlc expansions dropped you know quite quite a bit of uh, time after for both each of them i believe now one of them i think it was the last one had the wonderful marijuana growing trophy which takes about oh, yeah. 10 hours if you were only doing the dlcs of course you've done everything else that's a it's a real fun time i'm told but uh i suppose this way at least you could you could have that going while you were working on the rest of the game it was kind of cool because it was sort of i was doing idle champions at the time of Mafia 3, so it was kind of like a little spicy bit of idle champs thrown into Mafia 3 <laughs> while you're growing your Mary Jane there. So, yeah, yeah I enjoyed that bit. And mm. I wish there was more to it in the game, but I, I want to hit, like you said, the game was sprawling, and it's, you know, that's the problem with most of these open world games nowadays. It's just the same shit, you know, rehashed. I mean, it, if you wouldn't have told me that was made by Hangar 18 or whatever, I would have thought that was just like a modern-day Assassin's Creed. You yeah. know, there's just nothing stand out about it. It's a, 
go here, do the same thing. I think that's why I found the first Mafia and the second, because I'd never played them. I was so amazed that the story was so strong, and it's almost linear in a way, as I've said before, if, if you wanted to be. And I, yeah, it's, it's just a shame for me. I suppose I, I prefer the, those sort of games. Now, why don't we move towards a style of game or a genre that I don't touch? It doesn't, it doesn't touch me either, unfortunately. Uh, and it's, it's a highly skill-based game. Well, I suppose it's skill. Uh, and these are these physics-based games like I Am Bread. You seem to have a, a fascination with these games or an enjoyment with them. Why is that? I kind of like to see just how much pain I can go through until I actually get pissed <laughs> off at the game. <laughs> but, I, I mean, I'm... I'm easy going, but I'll usually get irritated at a game rather easily. But for some reason, these brutal, obnoxiously frustrating physics-based games just they don't really irk me much. So I I have no idea why, but I I just find them fun because you're mm. you're kind of wrestling. You know, it sort of goes back to that jank. I mean, trolls and just handling. So you're trying to conquer that the whole time. Okay, so what I want to ask you here, talk me through this. So I, you know, I've heard of Iron Bread, obviously, you know, the 0.0001% rare platinum or whatever that it is. And, you know, the fun that it obviously is, listeners, because all the games at that level are hugely fun, as you know. And uh, I'd never seen any game footage of it. And you, you sent some footage of you playing it, I believe. And I was watching it and, you know, it's about what I expected, total bullshit. And, you know, <laughs> at one point you're, you're flying off the counter and you're like flying through the air all the way over to this bookshelf and stuff like this you know and it's you land with like the littlest bit of bread you got to flip yourself over you know and it's, it's all sorts of shit going on and what i want to ask is like i get tense when i just have to push the x button two times in a row so you know what sort of tension like how do you deal do you get tense in situations like that that require very specific movements that if you slightly make a slip you're doing the whole thing again or are you at this zen state of calm when you do this stuff Oh, there's definitely a nervous tension going through you because you can just feel when you're on a good run. I mean, some of those missions you're trying to get the A plus plus for a couple hours, and you know it's just fail, 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 not even getting close to her, and then suddenly something clicks, and you know your hands are all twisted up like a freaking pretzel pressing these buttons in just the most obscure fashion, and you know you're on a good run, and you just you don't want to look at the clock because that one moment of concentration lapse just it'll fuck you over so i yeah you kind of just have to go by the seat of your pants on that and just you got to know when you're on a good run or not but just you need a lot of focus on iron bread the controls are the most wonky i've ever seen in a game by far it's each yeah. each shoulder button is effectively a corner of the piece of bread or cracker or what have you and then each of those corners also has a corresponding face button across a square triangle circle to grab stuff. And you just, you need to somehow synchronize all these button prompts that you're just not used to doing on any other game. Yeah. So, yeah, there's definitely a tension and it. it is tricky. No Zen state <laughs> ever reached on that, I'm afraid. So, look. 
See, I've talked to other sick trophy hunters that are afflicted with this ultra-rare curse, uh, and I'm thinking here of Florice with this Crypt of the Necrodancer, yeah. and one of the things that keeps coming through is like, oh, it's so amazing when you get it, you know, like it's such a sense of accomplishment because it's really hard, you know, and you don't get it the first time, you don't get it the hundredth time, you know, it takes, it takes a lot of goes, you know, and precision and all this stuff, but what they don't talk about and this is what I want to ask you because this is this is something that I find is that do you get into like a rut that starts to get kind of dark and you know repetitive and like you know you hate life sort of a rut and I'm thinking here of Bloodborne for me because I'm not a very skilled gamer as you know sir and early on in that game you can run down you can turn left or right now I know you can't turn left because he keeps killing you but I was dying so many times I found myself 10 times in a row just running down there turning left and stopping and going fuck it kill me because it's just going to happen anyway so why not just put myself there so it can happen and I can do it again quicker and I realized that I was you know a no progressive rut if if anything Starling I was non-gaming at this point I was a non-gaming trophy hunter and what I wanted to ask you is when you get to you know obviously not Bloodborne that would be you know a, a warm-up for you but but you know something like this I am Brad. oh those games know, are tricky for sure yeah. Do you ever find, though, that you just get into this rut where whatever the jump is or a particular section, you just keep dying on, you just keep resetting, and it's almost like you just don't feel you're actually going to get past it every time it happens the same way? Yes. With I Am Bread, there was a garden level for a cheese hunt, or as the community would call it, the cheese cunt, because they're just <laughs> super brutal. <laughs> I hope I'm allowed to say that on of the course, show. Of course, allowed. allowed. <laughs> but, In the second hour, anything but, is fair game. <laughs> <laughs> Might have to convert it to an after dark or something. <laughs> but yeah, the, there's this garden level on the cheese hunt, and there's one of those ruts you mentioned. It, it's literally the second jump in the level. You have to go to this fence, and there's just RNG wind. No way to predict it. You just you fling yourself and hope the wind doesn't blow you the opposite way. <laughs> and I must have tried for about an hour, just could not get that jump, and I thought, shit. I got A++ on at, at that point, I had done four of the other game modes and then five of the, or four of the seven. So I'm sitting there three A++'s off having it all done, and I'm thinking, shit, I hit this wall that's not going to happen. But it, you know, somehow I was able to push through 18 hours of absolute punishment and eventually got the level done. But I mean, the, you kind of went through that in stages where you hit the rut, think you can't get the jump to the fence, then you get it. Then it's a real pain in the ass going down to the this little lily pad in a pond, then you finally nail that. You know, then you get up on this car and you get glitched in the window and you think, shit, this is impossible. But then you push past it. But the, yeah, you will eventually get it. I think it's that way with most games. You just got to keep at it even if it annoys the living hell out of you, we'll eventually get it with enough practice. Yeah, yeah. And so so I see this game and I'm like, well, that's about as ridiculous as it gets at least, you know. And then and then you play this game called Pain or whatever else. This is yeah. a PS3 game, I believe. And I was looking at the footage and I was like, this looks like me trying to get in the house after a big Saturday night, you know, with the ragdolling effect. And I was like, is this enjoyable? Like, <laughs> what is going on here, you know? <laughs> These games, I suppose the skill level is so high that to someone like me, it looks like there's none at all at times. You know? it's, just, it's just insane. So obviously that's a, it's a harsh criticism of, the, of a highly skilled game. But, I mean, what, what was your experience with that game? 
I had never heard of it, and then a buddy of mine that I talked to on PSN quite a bit, he's like, oh, I'm gonna go back and mop up this pain, mate. And he, I was like, what the heck's that? I never heard of it. Is it really that hard? And I was looking at the reason I did pain is because I wanted to see for myself. You know, everybody says it's such a hard game, but, you know, the trophy rarity didn't really match up with it. You know, it, nothing was down in that I am bread type range. And I just kind of wanted to compare the two. Mm. I believe I did pain first and then took like a week off and then did I am bread straight after. So I was able to gauge them back and forth mm. real easily. But yeah, pain was, it was tricky. But it's, I don't know, there was just something fun about doing these challenges. I mean, you come close to getting something done and you just kind of get that rush of satisfaction. Like you mentioned, Floris said when he came on the show with stuff like Crypt of the Necrodancer. Mm. Although I never touched that. I don't have the balls to play that game. No way. <laughs> oh, look, I don't, I, I don't, don't blame you. I don't blame you at all. If, uh, if someone's like, you know, sitting on the fence with these sort of games or whatever, because, you know, you look, if you're even looking at these games, you're pretty hardcore and extreme already because there's no casuals playing these things. But, but if, you're, if you're sitting on the fence and you're thinking about diving in, where, you know, in these games that you've played, I see you've done Surgeon Simulator, you've done quite a few of them. I mean, you even did the manual Samuel, which is, you know, not a stretch. Um, where's a good sort of starting point that's doable? you know maybe so you can work up to something like i am bread probably manual samuel it, it's not as much physics based as what pain bread or surgeon is but it's it's got the really wonky controls where you know when you move your character the r2 does their right leg the l2 does their left leg and then r1 does your right arm and hand l1 does the left arm and hand and then as you're playing through there kind of you know, you get a nice rhythm going through the character, but then you've also got to tap the X button because that's your eyes, and if you don't blink, then your vision goes blurry. You can't see anything on the screen. And then mm. you'll you'll have to drink water and stuff too throughout the game. And I I believe square was to breathe and like triangles to tilt your head back and swallow or something. But yeah, that's probably a decent entry level wonky physicsy type game. Okay. Okay. Good. Good. Now, the the last thing I'd like to move to, if that's okay, and this is something we we've talked a little bit, you know, back and forth uh, between us or whatever else, and and it sort of it got kicked off with the the Last of Us too, but it was about accessibility in yeah. games and, and this sort of thing. And it, it's funny because, you know, I know we talked about this quite a while ago and then I sort of, you know, put it on the back burner or whatever else. And then I started, you know, much to my chagrin, I started Watch Dogs Legions last night and, and, and you know, spent most of the time in the menus because that's all you get in five minutes with that game. But one of the things that I found interesting was the third screen was the accessibility menu. And it had much of the same things, like it had a, a speech menu to, to speech. Uh, it had, you know, uh, this whole section on colorblindness where you could change all the different filters and it showed you depending on, you know, how you could see or, or what you could see better. And there were a lot of options. And I spent, I spent quite a bit of time there, probably four of the five minutes there. So I, I I really can't give a verdict on the game other than the menu system is wonderful. But, uh, you know, it got me to thinking again about this because, you know, I'm one of the, you know, I'm very privileged, I suppose, and lucky that, you know, even though I can't see shit without glasses or contacts, I can still see with them fine or whatever else. But then, you know, as we said, we talked about this sort of thing. And I was wondering if maybe from your perspective, you could, you could talk to me a little about this. Yeah, sure. So pretty much nobody knows. I really don't go around advertising, but I'm a blind gamer. 
and that's not you know most people think blind and think you know you just see black but it's not actually blindness i mean there's like a legal definition and then just you know, various other degrees of it but with the glasses uh the best i can get is 2300 so that's probably would be better without glasses than what i probably do with them so it like i was pretty pleased and chuffed to see that in the last of us part two they had some of that voice stuff because you know most games i play i don't bother reading any of these diaries or whatever because like when i game i have to sit like maybe maybe half a meter away from a 60 and be able to you know at least see good enough to play the game and that's you know that isn't counting anything on the hud so seeing something like that voice to or speech to the voice i thought that was brilliant in last of us part two because i just you know picked up a collectible sat back you know listened to what it was there was no struggle in having to get up and read it or anything and i mean you say you're privileged but i think i am because there's definitely people out there a hell of a lot worse you know with vision or just any disability you know hearing vision you know anything mm. physical with your hands arms whatever so I, I still think I'm pretty lucky. I mean, I've been living with it my whole life, so I really don't know anything different. So it's just kind of normal to me. But yeah, you see all those features, you know, you can change the transparency of the HUD or whatnot, or as you touched on colorblind stuff to change words in the menu and whatnot. And I, I don't know, I just thought it was a great step. That was probably one of the few good things about The Last of Us Part Two, in my opinion. Yeah, well, no, look, I, I think I think you're selling yourself short there because I do think it, it's entitled privilege on my end because, to, to be honest with you and completely honest and transparent, when I saw that that text-to-speech thing in the, the Last of Us 2, and this is obviously before we'd talked, and I was like, what, what, like, what is going on? What is this? I don't get, get this out of here. I don't want this. You know, I don't play games with subtitles. It annoys the living shit out of me when that's there. And and this stuff, and, you know, it's a very, it's a very privileged position to not even consider other people or whatever else. And then we started to talk, and then I really started to think about it and one of the other great things in the last of us 2 was that they could also do sonar collectibles if you like in that you could have like a sound ring that would sort of you know show you know highlight with your 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 hearing i suppose where these things were and it really started to open up my eyes to how few games as you say do anything at all i mean now we're moving in a different direction perhaps but up until now there's been almost nothing really would you concede yeah no there really hasn't i mean i yeah, I really don't know any game outside of Tealoo Part 2 that had that. I mean, I know Overcooked 2 is getting it. You mentioned Watchdog Legion has it, but mm. it looks like something they're going to start moving towards on these AAA games, which is good. And I mean, hopefully some of the indie developers get into it too. But to, to go back to what you said for, like, with some of those, you know, harder games, you know, like, well, I'm doing I Am Bread. You know, you have to get a certain time limit for A++. Like, I have to physically get up and look at the corner of the screen, which you just can't do that while you're trying to maneuver this monstrosity of a piece of bread around. So that's part of the excitement, too, is, you know, you look, as I said, you got to kind of fly by the seat of your pants, and you just kind of got to have this sixth sense as to whether you're on a good run or not. You got to try not to crack under the pressure. But, yeah, most... Like Project Cars, when I got onto the PS4, the first day I played that, I just had my brother come in the room, 
and I was like, can you just read all these settings? Because that had just microscopic text on it. There was just a fuckload of options to go sift through on that initial P-Cars game. But yeah, it's good to see some, you know, enlargement of the text and whatnot in Last of Us. Because some of these games, you know, they, they do have tiny text. And I'd like to see some more, you know, HUD customization, to be honest with you. Especially with mini-maps. Those would be nice to be able to have those just like on the bottom middle portion of the screen. I can't stand when they're in the upper left or right hand corner. It's an interesting thing because that's the other thing. I mean, even, you know, even I find the, the text small or whatever. It's funny that you, you make the comment about Project Cars because, I mean, you're in for a treat when you play Project Cars 3 because they just removed all those options. You know, it's just a it's just a car on a track. That's basically all you It's all you get now. So you, you won't have to worry about that when you, when you get there. You're probably better off. Oh, lovely. <laughs> yes, you're probably better off not to be able to see that game, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for sure. It, oh, I'll never touch it. it. Not after that first game. Oh, it was a nightmare. It might be. But now what I want to ask then is obviously it doesn't stop you from playing these ultra hard games. As you said, you've, you, you've found workarounds, but are there games and again i know this is a personal question so please feel free not to answer it if you if you wish are there games that you avoid because you know they're just going to be too difficult to deal with then uh not really but i mean i i have started one game that i'll probably never finish and that's cabela's african adventures because there's just on that one hmm. you know typically aiming in first person is just on the middle of your screen that's kind of like a cursor based thing because it was meant to be used with one of those guns on PS3 you could get hook up to the console. So yes. that one is just a bitch because these animals are running across the screen and then you got a hypersensitive icon that can literally go anywhere on the screen and there's no way to increase sensitivity. So I kind of just fuck that game off and I'll never finish that. But it did have a hell of a good story in there, a good romance. Highly recommend it. Okay, and then look, just just to round us sort of out from this, I, I have to ask then, what is it like, you know, being on the other end? You know, when you, you know, you you've overcome all this, you you know, you're playing your games or whatever, and then you you hear someone like me who just, you know, he's he's completing his you know eighty percent common hard run of Mafia Two that everybody in the world can do or whatever, and I'm like, oh my god, it's fucking impossible, I can't do anything. You know, I can see everything on the giant TV because you know yeah. everything's going on the turbo control, everything's working. How do you how do you you know you just sit there and you go jesus christ like uh, what's it like being in that position <laughs> i don't know i just really don't think about it to be honest with you i just think it's kind of i mean i'll bitch about games so i don't know it's just kind of fun to bitch about games so yeah i really don't take it personally be stupid too i think yeah. Oh, good. Because I'm not going to stop uh, my watching of, of <laughs> the Ethan games, as as you know, as you know. But look, look, that that's really wonderful. I've really enjoyed today's conversation, and I, you know, I've been hoping that we could do this for some time. And now, you know, this is the awkward part where you just have to sort of, you know, mumble and whatever. Yeah. But you know, this is the part where I sort of say, well, I hope we can do this again in the future. You know, so you can mumble now. Well, if it's gone over good enough, yeah, sure, I'll come back. <laughs> well, wonderful. Now. Hmm. I've got to whore myself out here a little bit, though, if you don't mind. Oh, of course. <laughs> I'm going to do that now. But as we move into the last part, I know we do all that, bit, but before we do, we have the, the trophy guide uh, of the year situation coming up or whatever. And I know that your, you know, your, your candidacy is, is about to be announced. This is a big moment or whatever. There is another election going on, but that powers in comparison to the trophy guide of the year. Would you Doesn't like to... Just... Your... 
would you would you like to this is a more honest contest i'm told which says a lot uh this is <laughs> this is our slide not not now we'll we'll deal with the money later uh this is a this is a chance i suppose for you here to to endorse yourself which is is what all trophy hunters do anyway i believe it's coming up in about a month the polls open and as you said this is the more important voting but mm. i think this year i'm going to enter yes. for the niche game guides with construction simulator 3 and then since I'm so far off the spectrum of guide writing with my extremist white boys with attitude, I'll be entering that one, I think, is a, a very progressive independent candidate, and that'll be under the original content. But, you know, there's th I can promise you a couple things, though. One thing I try to keep out of my guides is this COVID-19 nonsense. But, you know, I use see guides that are just walls of text mm. i like to have videos so i avoid having no vids in all my guides and you will get some style and care you know whatever your pre-existing progress is on any given game anybody's welcome to use my guides and i mean yeah i could make it affordable hide them behind the paywall but i mean they're free anybody can use them i don't care who uses them so, yeah, I, th I think, quite honestly, I've probably done more for Trophy Hunter than anybody, with the possible exception of maybe Power Picks. Well, I mean, that's undoubtedly. I'm just hoping people go out there and, you know, what do you think? How about casting your vote for Mr. Pink? I, I will post a banner, too. I've got my whole campaign team has gone and made a deal. The graphical art, I'll post that in the Discord after this episode's concluded. Excellent, excellent. Look, and I look. I think you know if you are not familiar with his guides, you you should listen as go and go and read them. They're they're highly enjoyable. And one of the great things about I'm styling on you, bro, is that he does finish the game before he writes the guide. Allegedly, I've heard that's not always the case with all guide writers. So, so you're a you're you're a unique in that <laughs> you're unique in that that uh that camp, I suppose, or whatever else. And I I look forward to. I was just thinking as you talked, wouldn't it be wonderful to have a forum guide? Uh, you know, category where only guides that are posted in the forums not actually endorsed. But I'm sure that you know that maybe that would have to be an unofficial competition. We might we might need to look into that in the uh, uh, non-endorsed. I might have to increase the premium membership to kick off that thought process with Sly. But yeah, we'll see. <laughs> We, we, we will we will see so look i'm going to put all your your contact uh, details that we can for that uh in those pictures in the show notes but if uh if the listeners are trying to you know find you or follow on your progress what is the the best way to do that sir uh, you can creep on me on psn profiles you know if you have any questions on any of my games just hit me up on psn i, I try to reply to everything as quick as possible just because I know how frustrating it is when someone writes a guide or whatever. I mean, I messaged someone recently about Elk Simulator, and they got back to me about five days after I finished the bloody thing, so wasn't much of a help there. <laughs> I'm thinking about starting an OnlyFans, too, for some of these little <laughs> clips I do on my games. I feel like i got to put some of those clips maybe behind the paywall, because everybody's trying to monetize these days, so maybe some of the more wild video clips you see, they they might be paid content here in the near future. And then you can you can find my YouTube channel. That's got a different name. That's Gnarly Punk Rocker 5. I'm sure you'll have the spelling of it down there. Fine in the notes of the podcast. So yeah, that's pretty much where you can find me. 
That that sounds perfect, sir. Look and look, I'm I'm all for the monetization model. I think you know why not? Why not? You're right. It's 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 the, yeah. the way it's the way of the future. You know, we have to survive or whatever else. I mean, running a campaign is not cheap these days. I'm told, sir. You know, you, you need the you need the. No, it isn't. I'm not going to be taking any super pact. No campaign billionaires. So. That's right, and I, I see here that one yeah. of your skills is not Russian, so therefore you know you're going to be struggling. But we'll we'll see how you are. We'll, we'll see how you go. It, it, <laughs> it has been a pleasure, sir, to to finally put a voice to the name that I've enjoyed conversing with for some time, and I look forward to for some time to come as well. Thank you so much for giving up your time today and joining us. Sure thing, dude. It was an honor. Thanks for having me. So I hope you enjoyed, listeners, our conversation with I'm Styling on your bro. If you haven't come across him before, he's a wonderful stand-up dude. He's high value. He's highly entertaining and, look, super intelligent with some of his lines as well. So do yourself a favor. If you've got a spare five or 20 minutes, jump on to one of his guides and, and have a have a read. You, you'll, you won't regret the experience, I'm sure. So, look, I thought just before we hit the shout-outs this week, I'd drop a little gaming love on you. There are so many games that I could talk about at the moment, but I'm going to limit myself down a little bit. I have been playing a little bit of the Watch Dogs 2 Legion. I'm enjoying it, but we're not going to talk about that. I did finish off my first playthrough of Little Hope, the uh, Dark Pictures anthology, but I think we'll say that more for perhaps next week, a little bit on that. So... I thought rather today I'll just limit myself to a handful of games and I'll start with Project Cars 3 by Slightly Mad Studios published by Bandai Namco. So of course this game, it's it's finally done. Well, I, w- I want to say that loosely. They've had quite a lot of patches since launch a month or so ago. Many of these patches have broken stats. Some have worked in favour of trophies. Many have not worked in favour of trophies. But it seems like all the counters are now very stable. So if, you're, if you've been holding off, now is probably the time to, set, to, to start this game. Having said that, there is still screen tearing. There are still drops as well in this and in frame rate. But it is better than it was. It is definitely, I don't think, a you know, a triple A graphic racing game, you know, that you'd probably have expected from this. But having said that, it still is, it still is fun if you're a racing purist here. It's a wonderful mix of arcade versus simulation. I think it's not, it's not firmly in one or the other, but I suppose leaning slightly more to a sim racer, if that, if that does interest you. There's nothing overly difficult here, but it is very repetitive. You do move through quite a few different car classes, but within each of the classes, you keep on doing the same things. There's sort of a a, a, a breaker, a, you know, a race where you just you break the objects if you like. There's these pace setter events where you just complete three laps trying to average a time, you know, the same sort of time to beat the goal or whatever else. There are championships, there are free races. Most of it is circuit. There are some road races as well. But having said that, there's a ton of circuits. I think there's around 50, and then of of course there's many permutations on the track so i think there's up to 150 different permutations so there's plenty of value you know to be had here in the time the critical flaw with this game though is the money uh, and how it's delivered it's delivered on an xp based system so almost a leveling system as you level up you get so much money the problem with the game is that with most racing games you want to acquire cars so you can experience different races 
Unfortunately, the money is very slow to get and there's really the only option of grinding it through custom events or, you know, just making micro, you know, movements forward in the career with the car you have and then selling the one you have to try and finance the next one. It makes the earning 25 cars trophy a little bit monotonous as you go and it also locks you from riding and driving some of the cars that you probably would want to drive so that that is a big criticism of this game probably the the biggest criticism but having said that the rest of the trophies play fairly easily there is a month spanning trophy in the rivals requiring 300 points but there are daily weekly and a monthly event that you can do here to earn points it's very easy to to make the 300 you could end up in the bottom tier in each of these things and still get it in about 20 days or so maybe even even 15 of course the higher you finish the more points you'll get to acquire that i suppose the only real challenging trophy in this game then is to complete the 200 career objectives each event has three objectives these can, can be ranging from drafting behind somebody to winning the race to setting the fastest lap to clean laps uh, and these sorts of things or, or finishing you know with a certain number of points in a championship obviously some are more difficult than others but there are over 350 points already in the career before any dlc or any more events drop so you don't have to do any Anything. And again, the money will probably dictate which races you do here. The online requirements, other than the Rivals Trophy, are very easy and straightforward. Just a matter of completing races. There's no requirement to win. And perhaps the only other trophy to watch out for is the Mastering the Tracks Trophy. It has an interesting system in this game where it shows you on the screen where you should be breaking the apex of the corner you should be hitting and the mark where you should be accelerating from. It seems to be the tracking for this this, uh, this mastering, if you like, requires you to hit all corners and also 100% the race line, although the race line is very liberal in this game, what, what counts as 100%, and the cornering seems to be more a matter of actually running through the icon than actually you know hitting it at the right speed or even the right trajectory. If you're having trouble with this, there is a the New Zealand track has five permutations. You only need to master 15, so you can get a third of your work done on that. They're very short, very easy tracks. These can all be done in custom as well, so they don't have to be done within Korea. Overall, I enjoyed it. I did have a slight grind at the end for money for the 25 uh, car trophy, but I couldn't recommend this game as it currently is, unless you're a, you're a hardcore racing enthusiast. But look, already rumors are coming out that Dirt Five is perhaps not as as great as you know many of us were hoping. So if that is the case, perhaps you know these are interchangeable at this stage. But look, you know we won't judge Dirt Five until we've played it later this week. The next game I'd like to throw up is Supermarket Shriek by Billy Goat Entertainment and uh, published by P-Cube. So this is an interesting game. I started this on the Xbox about two weeks ago and then it was ported, I didn't realize, to the PS4. And P-Cube were kind enough to send a code so I could sort of compare the two. I'm enjoying playing this on the Xbox because it is a, it's a kart racer of sorts, I suppose, but it's a unique racer in that it works on the left and the right trigger buttons. You hold the left to turn left, you hold the right to turn right, and you have to hold both to move forward. So there's a little bit of physics at, at play here. The the cute mechanical, the gotcha of this game, if you like, is that you're playing as a child and an animal in this cart, in this shopping cart, and you scream to make the car go left with one trigger, or you scream with the, the animal to make the cart go right with the other trigger, or you both scream at the same time, if you like, to move forward. Now, the real hook of this game on the Xbox is that you can plug in two microphones, play cop, and actually scream yourself to turn it. Now, I'm not sure yet if this is the case on PS4, whether it can be done in cop. I believe so, but I'll 
I'll check that out as as we go. It's a it's a fun game that gets progressively more challenging as you go. Most of the trophies are very straightforward, except the need to three star each of the the events, if you like, and they're crazy events, you know, like in the supermarket racing around the aisles. Most are point to point races. Some involve collection or hitting cans and things like this. The times for three starring get very tight, in particularly in one world, which will make this quite a challenging plat. But if you're not worried about that trophy, then everything else is quite attainable in probably five to six hours. Of course, to get the plat could be many more hours, uh, skill dependent, but it's a cute mechanic I've never seen using your voice and screaming to control the car or the cart before. So, you know, if nothing else, it's worth a look there, available on PS4 and Xbox. Then we come to a game... It's a bit of a funny game because I bought it ages ago and then I've had it on the back burner and not played it. And the reason I bought it is that it was from a Malaysian independent studio. So most of the games I play, uh, well, I was going to say Western release, but it's probably, to be honest, most of the games I play are probably Japanese uh, leaning these days that interest me more. But, you know, most of us are playing Western games or whatever else. Now, we don't play many games that are outside of the norm. And this this game, No Straight Roads, it is outside of the norm. Now, there is good and bad to that as well. So the premise is, and, I, and I'll, I'll lead with that, it is by an independent studio, as I said, Malaysian, called Metro, Metronomic, and it's published by Sold Out Limited. Now, this is a rhythm game in principle, but it's not your, your Hatsune, you know, button, you know, uh, spamming or whatever uh, rhythm game. This is sort of a, a combination of a beat 'em up game, if you like, with rhythm elements. It also has a wonderful story that's sort of off center, I think, you know, as, as it runs through. The, the premise is that EDM or electronic dance music has taken over. If you like, it's a dictatorship. It's powering the cities now. It's what, it's all the music that's being played. And there is there is variation in this music as the game goes on through the bosses. But, you know, if you don't like this sort of EDM music, you're probably going to find a hard time of it because that's basically what the whole game is. And you you start out on this, you know, almost like an American Idol style show, if you like, and you're performing to become what what is a boss of the area, if you like, who's sort of the DJ or the musician that that's creating the, the music for this sort of, you know, area. Now, it's not really open world, but, you know, in stages, if you like. Your performance doesn't go well because you're a brother and sister trio, I think, uh, or it could be a friend trio. It doesn't it? Doesn't matter. Uh, and you're, uh, you're you're playing rock music. You you want the rock back, and the whole story is about the rise of rock against EDM. Can you bring rock? Can you take down EDM? So it, it's a, it's a cute little story as it goes on, and it sets the premise for basically like linear little worlds, I suppose, that all flow roughly the same to a to a boss. When you get there, you do about four or five to eight stages, if you like little stages, that then brings you on to the boss fight. Now, the most unique thing about this game is that every boss fight, of which there are six, are completely different, which is, is pretty cool. The mechanics at play are always different in this game. There is some mirroring, there's some splitting of the screen, there's some reverse controls throughout it. There's a lot of things going on which will, will keep you thinking. Now, the, the controls in this game are a little hit and miss, but the good news is is that it does have a sort of continue mode. So if you die, you can just continue straight from where you are in the middle of a boss fight at the current levels that you've you've got him or her down to. Of course, it does cap your overall rank, which will cap the number of fans, which again could be important later on for unlocking upgrades. But if you're just here for the story, there's no real there's no real stop in gameplay. You will you will continue. 
So having said that, you use the hack and the sort of button mashing or the hack and slash uh, mechanics, if you like, to take on these enemies that will drop notes. You then fire the notes at the boss to damage them, if you like. The rhythmic element comes in that there's music running the whole time and the bosses, if you like, or the enemies, they jump and they sort of send out waves of destruction on the beat. So it's sort of, it's that type of thing when you jump, when you roll. It's not, it's not overly complicated. Having said that, some of the boss fights, in particular one, which is a wonderful mirror effect, and if if you play this game for only this reason, then you'd be doing yourself justice because it's something that I haven't seen before where you move between characters and rooms in the one fight, if you like. It's it's very clever, very clever way of doing it, but there, there is a cheapness to some of the bosses. There, in particular, one with notes and things falling from the sky. So to get the plot in this game, it would be very, very difficult. Also, you are required to play the boss fights multiple times on different modes, and some modes involve just parrying, no attack. So there's a lot of depth in this game if you want, but it only, as a basis, it only takes about four to five hours if you're just playing on easy for the story. It's a it's a neon art style. A lot of it is free-drawn or whatever else with some, you know, animation across the top, but it's it's really, it's a really unique game. It's a game I'm sure that will fly under the radar, but it's a game that if it comes on sale, if you've got an afternoon or so, and I think you could play this game in one sitting to maximum, I'd, I'd highly urge you to, to consider it because we are so trapped in our ways of playing the same sort of games. And it's, it's refreshing to see something different, I think. And I, I very much enjoyed this No Straight Roads. So the final one for this week, a little bit of spam, but look, it's a fun spam game, and it is called Axes. That's right, like the weapon, the axe. This is available on Xbox and recently come out on PS4 for two plats on the NA and EU. It's very cheap, I think $5 American. This game would probably be quite a challenging plat if it wasn't for an exploit. There is a cheat code, which you can find on many guide videos, that enable you to get 50,000 money and many, many uh, keys to unlock gear chests. Now, you can keep abusing this this cheat throughout the game. You don't have to do it all at the start. You can do it as you go, as you need more money. Basically, you're just leveling up your character, if you like, and you can do all this through the cheat. So sort of 50% of the trophies can probably be done in five minutes as you, you build your perfect character. Of course, without cheats and without the money, building your character would take many, many hours of this sort of roguelite runner, I suppose. It plays like a, a top-down sort of isometrical game once you get into it of enemy waves. So it starts off with sort of, you know, 10 enemies, but the waves get progressively harder to, you know, climaxing to sort of 100 enemies, if you like. Each of the worlds has, uh, or levels, I should say, has three to four stages, and then there's sort of six to eight sort of main worlds within it, or sub-worlds, I suppose, within the final world. There's no ultimate boss fight in this game, though. So it, it gave me feelings of Minecraft Dungeons in the art style. Obviously, it's a much shorter game than that. With the cheat, you could easily knock this game out in an hour and a half to two hours. As I said, without the cheat, you'd be you'd be looking for a lot more. It's an enjoyable game that doesn't need the guide, except for the exploit, if you wish to use it. And, you know, for a couple of bucks, if you just want to sit back and chill out, it's a, it is a fun little platform. Oh, fun little uh, spam game, I suppose. So, look, why don't we take a quick break and then we'll come back with the shout-outs for this week.
Welcome back, listeners. Let's jump into the Push to Plat shoutouts for episode 78. Now, remember, if you'd like a shoutout, then jump in the Discord. You can post your pick there or the free community, the Push to Plat community on the PS4, like these wonderful hunters have done, because they deserve a shoutout, and so do you, of course. We're going to start with Renichi today. Number 175, Final Fantasy VIII. Still to this day, the best game ever. Was my favourite growing up. Wanted to make it plat 200, but I couldn't wait. (laughs) That's fantastic, sir. Now to slowly work on my perfect save. My Final Fantasy plat collection is now at 7, 8, 9, 10, 10, 2, 12 and 15. That's right, discerning listeners. The only one he's missing is the only one that matters, number 14. He hasn't indicated if he's going to do that or not yet, but I I strongly urge you to, sir, because you're obviously a fan of the series. 14 is something special, and it may take the rest of your natural life, so I, I highly recommend that game. Best Trophy Hunter Ever, CSO. Number 532, Need for Speed Rivals. This game put me to sleep multiple times. Glad it is over now. You know, this is one of the few Need for Speed games I've never played. I know it was a cross game between PS3 and PS4, but I just never played it. And probably, unfortunately, I never will play now. But I've heard that from many, many people. So, look, my commiserations, sir. Redbeard Rick. Look, he's been busy this week. Now, you know, we haven't been doing the, the, you know, the spam of the week anymore. So I think Rick is going to, you know, fix us here with a bit of a, a bit of a dosage, if you like. So if you're looking for any of the latest spam or some of the older spam too, by the look, some of the quality spam, you'll find it in this man's list here this week. He has 18 spam plats. Probably took him all of five minutes, had a a little bit of time before dinner or after dinner there, a little whiskey and off off he went. But here, 18 plats, Lord of the Click little adventure on the prairie ps4 plus vita slide road bustle na eu and as ps4 ink explosion na super destinaut dx na halloween candy break eu jack and jill dx eu milo quest eu ps4 plus vita tetra escape eu 36 fragments of midnight ps4 and vita eu and skate master tachiko who could say there are no games on the PS4? I mean, isn't that wonderful? What a wonderful list. And then, he, you know, he rounds it off with this other thing. Number 219, Minecraft PS3. Still got a lot of expansion packs to do. Going to be more difficult without the benefit of a trophy achievement world. I have a feeling this might be the last stack of this game he has to do. I know he's also done or doing the Xbox version too. So congratulations, sir. And then also on the Xbox. Oh, goodness, he's been busy. 1,000G completion of Walking Dead Michonne. There's a lot of Telltale games that could be improved if they were only three episodes long like this one. (laughs) It was a good length, wasn't it? This is one of my favourite ones, I think. This was... I mean, the whole series is dark, isn't it? But this went places, this one. There's almost a little bit of psychological, you know, evaluation going on in this one with Michonne and those sort of side cutscene-y, you know, uh, like figment sections or whatever, if you like. Yeah, it's wonderful. Vignettes, I suppose. But yeah, great. Very good. Gaz Davis 11. Not a platinum, but 100% on Judge D. Puzzle point and click set in ancient China solving a mystery. I don't know this game at all, Gaz, but I've heard that this is like early spam. This is what you would have played before the two-minute plat. So, you know, it's, it's no no loss to me, I'm sure. But it's it's wonderful to see that these uh, these games exist. And, you know, somebody's playing them still. It's excellent. Uh, I'm styling on your bro, the man of the hour. We'll finish off with him today. 
100% my little riding champion. I am proudly the current slowest achiever of this 100%. Well, I don't know, sir. I'm, I think I've got one trophy in it, so we'll see. Uh, it was such a tall order to do this, but it forced me to pace myself and not gallop right to completion. It was amazing to see my progression as I mastered training exercises and stuck it to my fierce rival, Cornelia. Eventually, I felt the excitement of becoming a champion. It was heartwarming to see the characters show such class and sportsmanship at the end of the grueling competition. Undoubtedly the best horse physics in any game, bar none. I also was delighted to see the sassy, red-haired Rebecca again at her local boutique. I continue my passionate review, but my throat is getting rather hoarse. <laughs> it's actually funny we didn't talk about these games, isn't it? Too much today, uh, Styland, because I know you have a fascination with the German horse games. I know you've seen the Bibi and Tina movies, but you know perhaps in the in the future we can we can touch on such a wonderful topic as, as those uh, as those movies and games. And number two hundred and twenty nine, Monster Energy Supercross, the official video game loading screen. I've never shehan such physics in a racing game that ultimately ended up being enjoyable. This is the only game in recent memory I can think of in which I should have waited for next-gen SSD. I doubt it would help. <laughs> Cheekily hidden behind loading screens of which loaded an even longer loading screen did actually exist a bit of racing. This sounds like Bloodborne, you know? It's like, aha, you've been here for 30 seconds, we'll enjoy the next five minutes of black. Definitely needed a Monster Energy drink to stay awake through that loading. The sad part was the fact that this game could be done so much quicker by not actually playing. Of course, we talked about that game loosely today. It is a PS Plus game. There are all sorts of tricks and, and you know tools you can use to help you in your quest for Plat to, to make that game easier. And again, if you are a racing enthusiast, maybe not quite as good as the MX series, uh, traditional series, but not bad. And of course, as they progress two and three, they do become much harder as well if you're looking if you're looking for a challenge. So listeners, it's been a big weekend of recording, but I think I think we're there. I hope you've enjoyed our Halloween deep dive. I hope you found some value in today's episode. A reminder to the Patreons, of course, that we have, you know, we have this wonderful egocentric fest going on over there at the moment with the CJ dropping his top 60 games as they sort of dribble out over the rest of the year, short five-minute segments that I'm happy to share. Hopefully we can introduce you to some games, perhaps even to me, to some games as well as we go. Of course, if you want to check that out, you can check out our Patreons at the appropriate level. If you want to come say hi, you know, you can. You don't have to. I know most of you, you don't want to, but that's fine. If you want to, you can. It's, there's a Discord, you can say hi. That's how that sort of thing works or whatever else. But, you know, don't extend yourself, you know, too far, please. So until next week, listeners, be safe, be well. Whether you be voting, looting, or just not participating in society in general over the next few days, have a wonderful time. Keep up the gaming. Keep up the hunting. I'll talk to you soon. Push to Plat podcasts are conceived, written, and edited by CJ Anderson in Adobe Audition. YouTube upload handled by Repurpose.io. Music licensing by Artist.io. Push to Plat would like to thank all our Patreon supporters with special mention to our Patreon producers, Zadol VP, Redbeard Rick, Ready to Ebay, and MZ Nigel.
Without your support, this show would cease to exist. If you would like to say hi, jump into the Discord in the show notes or on Twitter at push to play If you're interested in supporting the show, then jump on Patreon, the push to play Patreon, where you can find more information on how to support us and to allow us to continue to bring wonderful guests and topics from around the world.